0: Thanks so much for tuning back into Family Wealth and Other Musings. I'm your host, Becky Easton. And yesterday I talked a little bit about probate and the process that's involved in um, that court process, um, what that all looks like for your loved ones. And here today, I want to talk about the major drawbacks of probate for your family and also outline some of the different ways you can help them now to avoid probate with wise planning. And so again, just a quick reminder that unless we have an agreement to that effect, I am not your lawyer. And so none of this should be taken as actual legal advice for you um, or financial or business or any advice of that sort, tax advice, because I simply don't know anything about your unique situation. And if you do find that you are um, interested in discussing this more then I highly recommend you reach out to an attorney. You can find personal family lawyers, like me near you at personalfamilylawyer.com. So what is it ultimately that's at stake for your family? Probate court proceedings can take months, guys, and sometimes even years to complete. And in the immediate aftermath of your death, that's really the last thing that you likely want your loved ones to have to endure. And the cost of their time and emotional strain are just the start of the potentially devastating consequences your family could face if you don't plan ahead. And without easy and immediate access to your assets, your family could face serious financial hardship at a time when they need the most support. And not only that, But to help them navigate the legal proceedings, your loved ones will almost certainly need to hire a lawyer, which can result in hefty attorney's fees and the real risk of them hiring a lawyer who is uncommunicative, which only creates more stress for them. All of that is on top of the court costs, executor's compensation, and all of the various other administrative expenses related to probate. By the time all of those costs have been paid, your estate could be totally wiped out, or at the very least, seriously depleted. Another drawback of probate is the fact that it's a public process. Whether you have a will or not, all of the proceedings that take place during your probate become part of the public record. And this means that anyone who's interested can learn about the contents of your estate, who your beneficiaries are, and what they will inherit. And that can set them up as potential targets for scammers and frauds probate also has the potential to create conflict among your loved ones and this is particularly true if you have disinherited someone or plan to leave significantly more money to one relative than the others in which case a family member might contest your will and even if those contests don't succeed Such court fights will only increase the time, expense, and strife your family has to endure. So before I discuss some more advanced ways that you can use estate planning to allow your loved ones to avoid probate, I want to be sure to let you know how important it is to point out that not all of your assets will go through probate. And that's true even if you don't have any estate plan at all. Certain assets, such as those with beneficiary designations like 401ks, IRAs, and proceeds from life insurance policies, will pass directly to the individuals or organizations you designated as your beneficiary, without the need for any additional planning. And the following are some of the most common assets that use beneficiary designations and, as a result, bypass probate. Retirement accounts, IRAs, 401ks, and pensions, life insurance or annuity proceeds, payable-on-death bank accounts, and transfer-on-death property such as bonds, stocks, vehicles, and real estate. Outside of assets with beneficiary designations, other assets that don't go through probate include assets with the right of survivorship, such as property held in joint tenancy, tenancy by the entirety, and community property with the right of survivorship. These assets automatically pass to the surviving co-owners when you die without the need for probate. And you know, it's critical however here to note that if you name your estate as the beneficiary for any of these assets, those assets will go through probate before being distributed. The same goes if you overlook a beneficiary designation or if you die at the same time as a joint property owner. Each of those assets will go also go through probate, even though they have beneficiary designations. Additionally, I generally recommend that you don't rely on beneficiary designations to handle the distribution of your assets. These designations give you little to no control over how your assets are distributed, and they can result in negative outcomes you didn't actually intend, especially if you have a blended family with children from a prior marriage or when you have no children at all. And although there are several different types of assets that automatically bypass probate, the majority of your assets will require slightly more advanced levels of planning to ensure your loved ones can immediately access them without the need for any court proceedings in the event something happens to you. The primary estate planning tool for this purpose are trusts. Trusts are a popular estate planning tool for avoiding probate. Although there are there are a variety of different types of trusts, the most commonly used trust for probate avoidance is a revocable living trust, also called a living trust. A trust is basically a legal agreement between the grantor, the person who puts assets into the trust, and the trustee, the person who agrees to manage those assets. To hold title to assets for the benefit of the beneficiary. With a revocable living trust, this agreement is typically made between you as the grantor and you as the trustee for the benefit of you, again, as the beneficiary. You act as your own trustee during your lifetime, and then you name someone as a successor trustee to take over management of the trust when you die or in the event of your incapacity. So it might seem odd to make an agreement with yourself to hold title to assets for yourself in order to benefit yourself, but by doing that, you remove those assets from the court's jurisdiction in the event of your incapacity or when you die. So instead, those assets transfer to your successor trustee without any court intervention required. At that point, your successor trustee is responsible for managing the trust assets and eventually distributing them to your beneficiaries, according to the terms that you spell out in the trust agreement. And this is how a trust avoids probate, saving your family significant time, money, and headache. And unlike a will, if your trust is properly set up and maintained, your loved ones won't have to go to court to inherit your assets. Instead, your successor trustee can immediately transfer the assets held by the trust to your loved ones upon your death or in the event of your incapacity. And since you can include specific instructions in a trust terms for how and when the assets will be uh, that are held in the trust are distributed to a beneficiary, a trust can offer greater control over how your assets are distributed compared to a will. So for example, you could stipulate that the assets can only be distributed upon certain life events, such as the completion of college or marriage, or when the beneficiary reaches a certain age. And in this way, you can help prevent your beneficiaries from blowing through their inheritance and offer incentives for them to demonstrate responsible behavior. And as long as the assets are held in trust, they're protected from the beneficiary's creditors, lawsuits and divorce, which is something else that wills don't provide. And finally, trusts remain private and are not part of the public record. So with a properly funded trust, the entire process of transferring ownership of your assets can happen in the privacy of your attorney's office, not a courtroom and on your family's own time. So for a trust to function properly, it's not enough to simply list the assets that you want the trust to cover. When you create your trust, you must also transfer the legal title of any assets you want to be held by the trust from your name into the name of the trust. Retitling assets in this way is known as funding a trust. So funding your trust properly is extremely important because if any assets are not properly funded to the trust, the trust won't work. And your family will have to go to court anyway in order to take care or to take ownership of that property, even if you had a trust. So in light of that, it's really critical to work with an attorney who's going to ensure that your trust works as intended. And while many lawyers can create a trust for you, few actually ensure that your assets are properly inventoried and funded into your trust, And then ensure that the inventory of your assets is kept up to date as your life and assets change over time. And this is one thing that makes a personal family lawyer different. We'll not only make sure that all of your assets are properly titled when you initially create your trust, but we will also ensure that any new assets that you acquire over the course of your life are inventoried and properly funded to your trust. And This keeps your your assets from being lost as well. And to prevent, and it prevents your family from being inadvertently forced into court because your plan was never fully completed. Now, if you've listened to some of the other episodes where I have talked about my uh, my own family's planning, this is exactly what happened to my uh, with my grandmother's planning. She had a trust; it wasn't fully funded, and um, it didn't serve any purpose. Uh, unfortunately after she died and um fortunately for us it was not um too terrible of a mess but it was not um you know it was definitely not what she had intended you know so you know when you are creating a revocable living trust you're free to change the trust terms or even completely terminate the trust at any point during your lifetime And because you retain control over the assets held by a living trust during your lifetime, those assets are still considered a part of your estate for estate tax purposes. And similarly, assets held in a living trust are not protected from your creditors or lawsuits during your lifetime. This is an important and often misunderstood point. And again, a revocable living trust does not protect your assets from creditors or lawsuits and it has no impact on your income taxes. However, as I mentioned earlier, as long as the assets are held by a living trust or a lifetime asset protection trust, those assets can be protected from your beneficiaries, creditors, lawsuits, and even divorce settlements. The primary benefit of a living trust is to pass your assets to your loved ones without any need for court or government intervention and to ensure that your assets pass in the way that you want to the people that you want. And although a trust can be an ideal way to pass your wealth and your assets to your loved ones, each family's circumstances are different. And this is why I always encourage you guys to work with a personal family lawyer. We don't just create documents until we know what you actually need and what will be the most affordable solution for you and your family both now and in the future, based on your family dynamics, assets, and desires. And the best way for you to determine which estate planning strategies are best suited for your situation is to meet with your local for personal family lawyer for a family wealth planning session or life and legacy planning session. And during that process, we'll take you through an analysis of your assets, what's most important to you, and what will happen to your loved ones when you die or if you become incapacitated. And the idea with that meeting is to empower you to feel 100% confident that you have the right combination of estate planning solutions to fit with your unique asset profile, family dynamics, and budget. And as a personal family lawyer, we really see estate planning as far more than simply planning for your death and passing on your estate and assets to your loved ones. It's about planning for a life you love and a legacy worth leaving by the choices you make today. So again, this has been some general legal knowledge for you. Um, And if you find that you would like to discuss this further... Um, to figure out how this all applies to your unique um, family situation, then I encourage you to reach out to a personal family lawyer by going to um, personalfamilylawyer.com and searching for one near you. And as always, if you're in Arizona or Colorado and find you'd like to discuss this further with me... And then please do hop on my calendar by heading to bit.ly forward slash call Easton Law. And that's bit.ly forward slash call Easton Law thank you guys again so much for tuning into another episode of family wealth and other musings i hope it has been informative for you and if you ever have any questions or would love to um, learn more about um about anything i've spoken about please do let us know um and as always thank you again and i will talk to you tomorrow This has been an episode of Family Wealth and Other Musings, and I am your host, Becky Easton. Have a great day.